BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on today's game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use bonus code CHAMPION200 when you make your bet. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. And there's endless ways to make it rain with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in today's game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. and Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome to the Coco Express Network. Talk radio that informs. Talk radio that inspires. Talk radio that enlightens. Talk radio for us all. Good evening, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Coco Express Show Network. I am the executive producer, creator, and host of Realia Lyles, and I am so glad to be back with you. We had a brief hiatus, and um, it was a much-needed one. We had some transitions going on with some of our members, as well as some changes in the formatting. And, you know, these things happen and you have to grow and you have to be willing to change and make, I guess, concessions when things happen. And I would like to take a moment to thank Valencia Lyle Saunders for everything that she's done with us on the show. She's under the weather. She's experiencing a health issue and she's my sister. I love her with all my heart and I just want her to just get strong and be better so she can come back with us and, and provide us with some more of her unique outlook and take on things. Um, if she's listening, please know that I love you with all my heart and my prayers are always with you and you know it. So today, today is the first day of Black History Month. And I mean, for me, it's it's a, a lifelong journey. For many of us, it's a lifelong journey. But I think it's really important that we showcase the people who are doing things out there that are making a difference in our lives and are transitioning things that we have become accustomed to. And when it comes to food, that's something that most of us, all of us, have a relationship with. But how we do it and what we do with it is something that's really interesting. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so excited that we have our guest on the show Her name is Chef Fonda McPherson, and she has a very unique story to share with us, and she has done something that many of us, and I talk about it on the show all the time, are afraid to do, and she did it. She pursued her dreams, so she went in her own direction, and I want her to share her story. I want her to tell us about um, her restaurant and the different um, 
phases that she's gone through to get to where she is now. She will also be partaking in the um, demographic revolution that's going to take place at Delaware State University on February 10th through the 12th. So I'm just so excited to have her here. So please allow me the opportunity to bring to you Chef Fonda McPherson. Hello. Hi, Coco. Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm so excited to hear your voice again and to uh, participate tonight. I'm excited. I love what you do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love what you do because I'm a foodie, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I'm looking at the pictures and I'm getting hungry and I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Coco, if you had any idea what my day looked like today, it was crazy. It was crazy. Just, um, but it was wonderful. It's so blessing. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Well, you, you're doing amazing things. And, you know, and for me, when it comes to food, I have a love-hate relationship with it because I love all the bad things and I hate the fact that I don't <laughs> eat them. <laughs> because I just try to eat healthy, but I love them. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. that's something that I really like about you, that you're able to take those those staples that we've had in our, our diet traditionally, generationally, and turn mm-hmm. them into a healthy substitute, you know, turn them into a healthy meal in a way that we don't always think about. But first, before we get to that, tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. how you came to be where you are. Oh, okay. Well, Coco, I've always, I came from a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, my dad, my, you know, everyone pretty much in my family in some, some way or another is an entrepreneur. So I always had, I've been taught that spirit. But the thing about it, only thing I've ever known is, is my dad was a great cook and he had restaurants, he had taverns, and he was always, you know, he just loved the way people enjoyed his food. And so I would watch him for hours and hours on end, and I just started, I was the youngest of four uh, brothers and sisters, and I used to come home and cook dinner for my mother who was in night school at Essex County College. And I used to cook. I just picked it up one day and started cooking and never really kind of stopped. And I, that's the one thing. I, you know, went to college. I went to um, into corporate, and I enjoyed all of that to the fullest. But the thing that I said that I always wanted to do was to cook. And so I, once I had learned so much about the management and everything about a business, and I used to work in sales. I used to sell coronary stents to interventional cardiologists, and I worked in the high end of medical sales. So mm-hmm. with that said, I had a lot of great companies that, you know, I worked for the J&J. So I had a great understanding of the way the business worked because I used to be out in the field and I used to have to, you know, communicate all of the necessities to my clients and so that they would buy. So um, I had that training, and I, I really had it from the best from working from the J&Js and the guidance. And um, so that was kind of my foundation. And one day I was walking home from school, um, from work, and I used to catch the ferry living in Jersey City. And mm-hmm. it was just a cold, cold day. It was so cold. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. I am tired of doing this for someone else. I'm making all this money for them. And I could do this for myself. And I think most of the things, the thing that came through, I really felt at that time, I believed in myself, but I 
felt that I had a talent. Because I used to give these, like, dinner parties for my friends, and they were fabulous and all of that. And, you know, we were young, and we were uh, business people, and we definitely, you know, thought we were everything. So we have all kinds of parties and stuff. And my parties would seem to be very unique because I would dress them from head to toe, you know, and then have great food and the guest list is always fabulous. So those things are always kind of stuck with me, and that was the one thing that I realized that I loved doing. And so I went into my box, and his name was Clint Black, and I told him I wanted a separate fit. And he was like, you're out of your mind. Are you serious? You're quitting this job? <laughs> and I did, and I did. You know, it took me a little bit of time. I planned for it. And I took a year, and then I, I started my own business, my first restaurant. It was a takeout place, a little hole in the wall. But a lady came in, and uh, she was a councilwoman of the city, and she asked me if I catered. And that struck everything. I didn't even know what she was talking about. And um, she wanted me to cater an event. I decorated for her, and that's kind of my signature thing that I do. And mm-hmm. now, you know, I, like, I do Super Bowls and things of that nature. So it's just all about, you know, your craft and growing your craft and your understanding. And I do a full event type of business, meaning I can, I'm a licensed florist. I can cater your event from head to toe. I can the lighting, your liquor, bar, everything. I can do everything included. And um, that's what it's grown to. It wasn't always like that. And I just really enjoy it. And I feel, I feel very creative when I'm, I have that energy to do that. That is amazing, and that's excellent. And it's interesting that you're saying that you do it all. And, you know, having a business, you just can't just focus your attention on just one aspect of the business because you're building a brand. Now, what was that like trying to develop your brand? Well, I think a lot of times, you know, with me, I can only speak for me. I was really focused on, I came, I had the training, you know, Coco from the J&Js. So I always knew how to treat people and what questions and qualifying them for their particular need or their vision. So I always had that part of it. But the um, what I did is, is that I kind of, you know, just kept my business to myself, didn't kind of tell everybody until I felt that I was an expert in what I do. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I just kept my head down and tried to learn as much, read as much, uh, find out things, you know, through, via social media with some of the uh, people, the great caterers and event planners like, you know, um, Mr. Cow. We, I love him. He did Oprah's uh, ball. Like, I study those people because that's what I want to do. And so I just always constantly look at what they had going on, what arrangements, flowers, you know, all of that. And I love that. And so I just started doing it for my customers. And that initially, I, the, uh, a big part of it, you know, I would always tell them, and I would always offer that service. And sometimes I would get them on the, you know, get them with the catering dollars for catering, but I might just have to show them what I could do for before they understood what my full potential was. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you got to take the good, 
and you know you may not be you know paid for one part of it, but it's great to you know let people see. And I'm talking about serious customers like you know the Rutgers of the world, you know, which I mm-hmm. enjoy right now having you know working with them. But the reality is that sometimes you really have to call before you walk, but you also have to fake it till you make it. You know, and you have to practice mm-hmm. your craft along the way. And so that's what I mean when I say fake it till you make it, meaning, you know, when you start off doing event planning, things, you're not going to know everything. You're going to learn, you're going to, uh, you know, learn so many things by mistakes that happen. Hopefully they're not huge mistakes that are too costly, but you learn. And then you just really, you know, develop that whole process. And then you become an expert at it. But you have to be patient. Okay. You know, don't go too fast. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now you you started your first restaurant as you said it was like a hole in the wall. When did you know mm-hmm. when it was time to expand and change locations? When did you know? When did you feel that was right for you? Because for me personally, it was. Um, it used to be a situation where, and this is kind of funny, but it is reality. It's to say, you know, we used to have our best days on the first of the month. And that's great. But we needed, you know, after the first week of the month, we needed three more weeks to survive. And the only way you could be a neighborhood business, but the only way that you can grow a business is, is to be in an environment that has the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I was initially in one location in in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and I had a small space. And so for me, my goal when I started catering within my small space, I started to go after customers in Newark. And in doing so, I picked up one large customer that, you know, would give me so many catering jobs. I just started to think bigger because I started to see the opportunity with companies just like them being there. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't necessarily in my original town that I started it. So I just, that's how it kind of came to be. And I knew I was ready when I, you know, because I had really kind of focused on them for a year and maintained that relationship and grew it over a 10-year period. But at the end of the day, they taught me all that I needed to know from experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, that's when I mm-hmm. No, Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish, please. No, I was going to say, and that's when I, I knew that, you know, I was ready to really work with companies in the way that I work with them and be able to offer them, you know, certain things. And and, and the list has gotten larger and larger over time. Mm-hmm. This is good stuff. This is great stuff. I'm loving yeah. it. Yeah. And one thing, yeah, Coco, let me just say this one thing, especially yeah. in the business that I, I'm in. You know, a lot of times people don't tell you where you can get things and, you know, how, like, for example, I work with all the rental companies that are out there for different things that customers and my customers' visions and and contractors and all of those things. I work with them, but it's hard to get into those relationships. You see what I'm saying? That takes time to build. And some of them, you know, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. And now, you know, those relationships are so strong. I can call them on a dime and say, you know, I need you to help me out. We have an instant party. Can you bring this? In? And they'll do it for me because I'm solid. My reputation is. And they, I make sure that I take them along on my venture, like when I did the Super Bowl. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I took mm-hmm. the people that got me along the way. 
And that's important. Okay, great. That's excellent. Now, my question to you, when you're when you're factoring all these things in, do you have like a, a, a one-year plan, two-year plan, five-year plan, or do you take the opportunities as they come up? A little bit of both. I mean, for me, um, initially I didn't do that. I was really trying to learn the business and, you know, stay ahead of things and be, you know, a difference. Meaning, you know, it was something hot in California. I wanted to make sure I knew about that type of thing, mm-hmm. and I could bring it here if it was something I thought that we needed or whatever. But it's a little bit of both because it depends on the, the you know, the city, the state, wherever you're working. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes cosmopolitan environments cause you to be, you know, different. Versus mm-hmm. someone that might be in Virginia where you don't have to do that. You don't have to go so fast and you don't have to be on the front line because the competition is so heavy. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of both. I really, realistically, you almost have to be flexible. Okay. Now, with the flexibility in mind, um, do mm-hmm. you branch out into other things? Like, for example, you have the restaurant um, and you have mm-hmm. the different events that you do. Do you brand your own food? Oh, absolutely. I make, um, creatively, I'm very good at that, is making signature types of foods that, um, you know, my customers have, like, for example, I I just did a, I'm doing a party, actually, in March, and it's a huge party, and it's, um, you know, they wanted nine different types because of the the clientele that would be at the party. They wanted, Mm -hmm. like, at least nine or ten packs so I came up with a, a ginger a soy uh, chili and sea bass and a butter lettuce with a, 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 a shredded carrot. And, you know, I test these things and I work with them. And it's actually a beautiful little hors d'oeuvre. And I haven't seen it, you know. And I just make, you know, different ones. I try different things. You have to because if you're, if you're you know, 10 years, 20 years in the game and you're still doing, like, you know, meatballs at every party, that's not mm-hmm. going to get you far <laughs> competitively. <Okay>. It's just not. <laughs> now, do you, make, do you make food that you sell in different establishments like Sylvia's Restaurant? They went, mm-hmm. you know, to the grocery store. Do you do that? Yeah, absolutely. And I, um, for me, I'm, I'm going to be working with Whole Foods. I have four healthy products that I felt needed to be in the marketplace, and they're very unique. And so they were coming to Newark, New Jersey, and uh, they came in actually into my place of business. And so I instantly was interested in that because I was thinking of doing it and just selling it out of my particular restaurant. And then Mm -hmm. this opportunity came along. So I definitely will be doing that. But I think you have to understand, and I want want people to know this, Coco, you have to understand the market. I am a traditional soul food maker. I love soul food. But as we know in our communities, we can't eat that every day. So from day one, when I started my Bondage Kitchen in Newark, I started with choices for my customers. So, yes. I could come to lunch with you, Coco, and you might be dieting, and I might want traditional soul food. And when I say traditional, I still don't use, you know, 
porks and fats in in my recipes. I just don't use them. And mm-hmm. we actually had a ma- uh, moss around a corner for us. So I wanted respectfully, I didn't want to, I wanted them to come into my facility. So therefore I didn't sell pork at all. Okay. So with that, if I gave, if I had a catfish, a fried catfish dinner, you could also have the same catfish, but you might want to as blackened or you might want it, you might want it roasted. You know, and we can mm-hmm. have, you know, collard greens together and we can have you could have two vegetables and, and I could you know, you could have a sad, a side salad and I could have two vegetables and a macaroni and cheese. It depends, but we could enjoy our lunch and still have the same goodness feeling okay. about okay. it. And Great. so from yeah. So that's what I did from day one. And and I think and that's what I do in my catering is is, is that I have so many types and different levels of customers and some are all vegan. Mm-hmm. And I you know, and I cook all vegan. And some are all organic and they want certain things. So I do that. Like I I did a Thanksgiving dinner for Cory Booker, Senator Cory Booker one year. Um just simply because he he's vegan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh wow! I didn't know so, he was vegan. I didn't know that. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, now, mm-hmm. when you're when you're doing, um, like I'm going back on the um, the branding and merchandising of the um, mm-hmm. the the food line that you're going to be working with Whole Foods. Um, mm-hmm. What does that entail, and how much time does that take from your regular activities and routine? Well, um, actually, I don't know how much I'm not, because we haven't gone to market yet. They're they're not mm-hmm. even opening the facility until the particular one until March, in early spring. So I really kind of have to be ready for that. But it depends on how much promotion and everything that you're giving the product based on how the product is doing. And mm-hmm. so it'll be a little bit brand new for me from that perspective. But as far as um, as far as making my product, I mean, really, that's the simple part because I have this huge kitchen that I can cook anything in, and I can, you know, and I have staff, too. I mean, okay. we've been doing this a minute. And so some of the people have been with me from day one, from when I was in Elizabeth, New Jersey. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Great. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you come up with some of your um, your recipes? I mean, what's your... What's your muse for some of your recipes? Well, I try to cook very natural. Um, that's the thing I like. I don't like cans or, you know, I mean, I, I don't like canned products, but I, I try to do most things as natural as pro- possible. But creatively, I just kind of try to say, like, I'm a, I'm a magazine and a book reader and a technical person. I want to see, I, I look at restaurants from around the world. I study my craft, and I think that is so important because I love what I do. Um, that is very important to study your craft and see what other people are doing, the direction that other people, how other customers will be eating, all of those things. And um, food is just like a style if you will. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. different things come into position that change the market so quickly. I mean, a lot of people, especially African-Americans, they're eating much more healthier now. And, yeah, you know, they true. might eat sugar. They really are. And you have to be able to adjust to that. 
you know, and and, mm-hmm. and you, you must adjust because you won't have any business because, you know, when I started my soul food restaurant, I used to do juices in there before everybody else's juices. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, okay. you know, yeah, you used to, and I and I simply did that based on you know some things that I see that they're doing out west, or you know, just because that is really the prime area for rooted vegetables and uh, fruits and all of that. So you learn a lot from California and and places like that because mm-hmm. it's a natural. You know, they do most of their growing of what they eat. Mm-hmm. Do you grow any of the food that you prepare? No, I don't have that uh, capability. I don't. I mean, I would love to be able to do something like that, and especially as a caterer, to be mm-hmm. able to, and that is a goal, but to be able to go out and say, uh, it's a company out there called uh, Great Performances. She's out of New York, and she's been in business probably 30 years. She's a phenomenal caterer, and I study her work, and I see what she did. But she started out, as, you know, hostess for a catering company. But I'm talking about her only because after she got to a certain level, she created a whole farm. Oh, and okay. She, yeah, she has a whole farm in New York where she takes her vegetables from and fruits and all of that. But along with that, she teaches nutrition to children in schools. That's excellent. Yeah, and so, yes, absolutely, I would like to um, be able to uh, do something on that level. But um, that's, you know, that will be, it's Mm -hmm. a growing process. Mm -hmm. Okay, understood. Now, I know you're going to be participating in the demographic revolution. How, what role will you be playing as a panelist? What will you be discussing? Well, I'll be talking a little bit about being an entrepreneur, being black and entrepreneur. I'll be talking a little bit about, you know, my experience in just being an entrepreneur and growing my businesses and uh, coming from corporate America and, uh, you know, just that whole that whole makeup of success and trying to get there and encouraging and uh, that type of thing. I, I think that's where I play my best role there. And also, I will be um, actually uh, catering there also. Oh, okay, great. Now, when you say, before I forget, because this popped into my head, making that transition. Mm-hmm. Now, there are a lot of mm-hmm. people out there, a lot, a lot of people who have a traditional nine-to-five job, and they have mm-hmm. aspirations to be their own boss. What, what advice would you give them when trying to make that transition? I think you have to plan, like, everything that you want to do. But I think sometimes I encourage, especially African-Americans, I encourage them to be entrepreneurs because we have opportunity beyond belief right now because we can get things out into the mainstream very quickly through social media, and we support each other much more. And that's just the honest fact. But prior to whatever it is you want to do, you have to study it. You have to make sure that you enjoy it as much as you think you would enjoy it. Because if I was someone, I would jump. I'm a little different. I'll jump out there, but I'll make sure that I have planned my destiny, and I'll also make sure that I have the financial stability to make that jump and how long I can maintain 
without having success because success doesn't necessarily have to be yesterday. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it, could, it could be immediate, but it could also be something that's five years off. And it might be the one business that you start, but you might end up in another business that becomes far more successful. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And yes, what I mean, I yeah, like, because for me, with um, all that I do with the catering and the restaurants, how if my whole food uh, line just takes off and it becomes global? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you never know if that's the thing. That's making money while you sleep. You never know. I'm just saying. So you just have to, um, what I would suggest to somebody, take it. risk is good. Because you know what risk does? Risk makes you hungry because now you're in survival. Mm-hmm. So you find and you figure out ways to stay in survival mode. You don't want to. Mm-hmm. But you also have can't be ridiculous not to plan your exit and your strategy. Okay. Okay. That is some really good advice. And so you're saying, okay, with your with your current situation, uh, you know, we can only use your example right now, but you're mm-hmm. saying that you should have multiple streams. You should yeah. diversify your 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 interest and your business uh activity. Absolutely. And the reason I say that is, is, is because I want I, I um, am working on a book about entrepreneurship, and I and I talk real talk. Like I really want people to understand that everything that you do in life that you love and want is going to be difficult at some time, or maybe all time at all times in the beginning. You see what I'm saying? So, yes. but that, don't let that force and that energy change your position for something that you love. You have to learn how to struggle and to move forward with struggle. You understand? Yeah. So, like, every day is not going to be the best day, but it might be the best day that you've learned some good things that could take you to the next level. Okay. That's, and that's, that's really, Yeah. That's good. That's uh, good stuff. Good to know because I believe that a lot of times um, a lot of people who, venture out into that direction, they get frustrated and discouraged because they didn't think that it was going to be that difficult for that long. Right. And sometimes, you know, that's the other thing about when I talk about about food and all that, I understand the technology of food. So that gives me a creative edge over a lot of people because I understand what goes with what and how flavors mingle together. Okay, and I don't focus on one. I mean, in my restaurant, I do, you know, majority of like, you know, traditional soul, but I also do a lot of healthy things there also. But the point that I'm making is is, is that my catering company takes me to another level of understanding of food because if I want to, you know, be able to really get companies to buy, they don't all eat the same. You have to expand your horizons if you want to go to the next level. So, and you have to bring something creatively different to the marketplace. Or why do, or you're going to spend your time just constantly competing with a caterer down the street. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, and there's nothing wrong with that, but why do that for 10 years? Right. Absolutely. I get it. Now, 
Um, but um, the interesting thing about about what you're doing and, and what you're saying is is you know, and it just brings back some things to me because when I was growing up, my mom she loved to cook, and she would tell mm-hmm. me things that I didn't really understand. She was like, you know, there's a certain time that you're supposed to to, to slaughter, you know, the cow for beef, and mm-hmm. and you don't mix certain um, seasonings together because that's just unheard of. And all of those things, I'm like, what the heck is she talking about? As I got old, I began to understand. But for someone like mm-hmm. you, it makes perfect sense. Right. Yeah. And it's so funny because you have to know all the, you do have to know the, all of the traditional ways. But now with some of the health, um, some of the, you know, the, the FDAs and all of the things that go along with food and all of that, it, it, it they cause everybody to be a little, you know, the standard, keep the standard a little higher. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I I just recently, I didn't even know there was a food scientist, and um, I never talked to one, and I just talked to them, and they talked about pH balance and all of those mm-hmm. things and food. I learned so much, but I, I, I love to learn about food and because I want to make sure that I do my best creatively. But now we also are doing so many so many things different because our vegetables and our soils and all of those things are treated differently, whereas in, before it was so many pesticides that we had to use to you mm-hmm. know for mm-hmm. bacteria and now now we've learned that certain products that we already have like even lime just a lime can treat a soil. That's something that. You know, we didn't know in in the past. So it's so many avenues that you can go to have natural products. It's so many avenues that you can go to do different things. So it's changed quite a bit, but that's what I mean when you have to understand and you have to study your craft. Yes, yes, I get you. And I think that's amazing. And um, if you had the opportunity to tell your younger self something based mm-hmm. on what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self that I probably should have taken a leap, leap uh, probably about, because I worked in corporate America for 10 years too. I probably would have taken a leap after five. And mm-hmm. um, I also would have been more of a, um, I would have believed in my dream much sooner because when I was coming up, they really didn't, you know, all these food shows and all the, you know, the cooking network, all that is wonderful. So that is wonderful. But that wasn't our, my experience growing up and learning about food. So we didn't have all these people to look up to that we have today. So mm-hmm. I don't really kind of blame myself for that, but I, I think that I should have been more of a visionary to get to that level so that I could have, you know what I mean, and trusted yes. myself a little more. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I understand completely and totally. But do you also believe that everything happens for a reason? I do, I do. I have a sense of that, and I, I think everything is at God's time and God's speed. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. there's some things in the process that I needed to know. That's why he put me in corporate America. And so when I did start my business, there was a lot of etiquette and things like that that I had in place prior to where others have to learn, you know. So mm-hmm. I had a lot going for me starting out. And if I could rely on one thing, it is, is that I was reliable. I was going to show up every day and I was going to fight for it. And, okay, now – if you had the opportunity, which you'll have um, in February, to tell young people, um, give them some advice, what advice would you give them? I would, if you have something that you believe in and you're sure that that is the thing that you want to do, you should try everything in your power to make that happen. And regardless of what the naysayers say, because everybody will tell you how hard it is to be an entrepreneur, I think it's even harder to go to a job every day that you don't like or live a life that you're not in, you know, this is not what you feel you should be doing. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is much harder. Um, Because there's a freeing in being an entrepreneur. You get it. You don't have the overhead, you know, and the safety net, but there's so much more that you have. You have a great deal of pride about what you're doing and you're learning and you're growing and you're creating your own destiny. It's something said about that. And so I would tell them, you know, risk is good. Stay patient because nothing comes immediately. That's the thing I find with a lot of young entrepreneurs that I talk with is is that they have a really, really hard time being patient. Growing a business takes time. Okay. Thank you. That is, I mean, this information is just so helpful, not only for, I guess, the young and up and coming, but even the older adults who think that their dream time is over. So this is just valuable, so valuable, and I, you know, so appreciate that. Now, if people wanted to follow you and, you know, find out where you are, they want to come to your restaurant, exactly where you're located, how can they keep tabs on you, and such? Okay. Uh, Well, the name of my restaurant is Bonda's Kitchen, Bonda's Kitchen, and it's 183 West Kinney Street in Newark, New Jersey. And my catering company is called Bonda Cave Catering and Events. All of my uh, all of my companies are online, on social media, on, uh, you know, any type of social media. We are very hooked in. And um, I have my own website called Bonda, MacPherson, et cetera, ETC. You can go there. Um, I'm actually about to launch that, so it's still you still can go there. I just haven't released it to the public, but you can see it. And it has a lot of, um, of things that I'm doing in the future. It's going to have a blog section, and you can follow me on Instagram, um, all of all of all of my social media is intact, and um, and if you want to write, you can write to Bonda's Kitchen NJ at Gmail dot com. Okay. And so, Great. Yeah, that's, I'm writing this yeah. down. I'm writing <laughs> okay. all of this down. That's why. <laughs> now, do you have a cookbook coming out anytime soon? 
Yes, yes, I'm working on it. We should be finished in a little bit. We've had a lot of, um, because of the holidays and a lot of catering and parties and things like that, we've been trying to get to it, and we've got a lot on our plate. But I'm thinking no later than March, no later than March, um, it will be released because we only have, like, a couple more recipes that we want to. And it's not, you know, it's interesting because um, the the thing about having a cookbook, there are 50,000 cookbooks on traditional soul food. And my book will be a little different. It will give you some of our favorites, but it will also give you the mixture of healthy from the morning and take you throughout your whole day. So I'm not doing, um, I'm doing something that I think is very eclectic and the fact that I am providing something, you know, if you eat one bad meal a day, let's wake up and do the right thing. So if it's like I can give you, I'm giving you a couple of green juices that give you the energy just to get out the door, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'll do a little bit of traditional and everything, but it won't be, it will not be just, Complete. We need. We have to change who we are, especially as a culture, because it's killing us. So I want to make mm-hmm. sure that I um, talk a lot about um, teach people how to have the same love for those foods that we love, but we just cooking them a little different to make them a lot more healthier. Oh, great, great! I can't wait. I'm gonna look for it because, like I said, I'm a foodie <laughs> one, and I like to try different recipes because mm-hmm. I just don't want to eat the same thing all the time because you get tired of that. And I don't eat a lot of things because I don't eat red meat and I don't eat pork. So I try to be as creative as I can with what I do eat. Right, exactly. And it's so, and that, and that's the thing. I love that. I love, you know, people, when they see me, they're like, oh, you don't look like a soul food. You know, I cook soul food with the best of them, and I mean it. But because I try to also balance it out and not just eat where, you know, I've, I've been heavy, heavier before, mm-hmm. but I'm, I try to do healthy things because I want to live. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So that's important. Yeah, so that's just, that's important, and it's, we've got to do better. And so I try to eat at, at balance, and you know, have some fun. I don't want to not have any fun, but I have some fun. But I also want to, uh, you know, I want to eat some healthy things too, because they can be as, if not more, delicious. Okay, great. Now, I have enjoyed our time together. Immensely, and I wanted to ask you if, when the book comes out, would you come back? Absolutely, Coco. I'll come back anytime. You're the best. I love you, man. <laughs> I love you, Alicia. So, yes, I will come back. As a matter of fact, I will definitely bring over the book, and we'll we'll get together. Or maybe I'll invite you into my space, and we can okay. do something, and we can yeah have talk, and we can cook, and we talk about what we're cooking, and take your uh-huh. audience through that process. I would love that. That would be great. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. This was indeed a pleasure. Yes, and I'm so glad we had this opportunity. I want to take the also take the opportunity to to thank Tracy. Um, Mm -hmm. She's the best. She really is the best. Yeah, Tracy's been great. So, Mm -hmm. Tracy, are you there? (laughs) I'm sure she's listening. <laughs> yes, she's listening. Hi, Tracy. So yes, Coco. So I'm I'm excited about my future, and I'm excited about yours too. And so Thank I just you. want to encourage our um, people to really, you know, what what all that's going on in the world, stay focused and do what you love to do. 
Yeah. Amen to that one. And I want to thank you yeah. for joining us. And I'm sure our listeners had a great time. I got a couple of hits um, um, letting me know that they like the show. So we're doing good. Okay. Great. 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 Yes. Thank yes. You. So we will we will get together soon. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much. And I can't wait till your book comes out also because I will be telling everybody about it because I have a lot of friends that like to eat too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you again, and I will talk soon. You got it. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, to all of my listeners, we've had an amazing opportunity. We had Chef Fonda McPherson, she's a celebrity chef. And the thing that really resonates with me is the fact that she pursued her own dreams. And she took that leap of faith. It's not always easy for us to do those kinds of things because we are often so afraid of failure. And you can't be. You have to follow your dreams and your destinies, not somebody else's, because their journey is for them. Your journey is for you. Just do it. Just believe in yourself. Get out there and do it. Be happy with who you are and what you can become. And be a great example, not only to your children, but to other people who are watching. Because they're watching you do your thing, and it's inspiring them to do their thing. So always keep that in mind. No matter what you do, do it. If you love it, just do it and just know that people are watching and they're watching the joy and the happiness that you're exuberating with what you're doing and go for it. So with that in mind, I'd like to tell each and every one of you to take care of yourself. God bless. Have a good night. And we will be back again soon. Thanks for tuning in. For more content, visit us at thecocoexpressshow.com.com. 